Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 9 of the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ed Moore. I do want to let everybody know that this is a spoiler podcast. Uh, the story that I talk about, I do talk about in some depth, uh, detail, uh, talk about things that are going on. So uh, if you haven't read Homecoming Part 1, uh, that was originally published in Critters Volume 1, Episode 10 by Fantagraphics Publishing in March 1987. Then now would probably be a good time to switch everything off and come back after you finish that. Otherwise, that is the topic of the show today, so we'll head into it. First page uh, is a full, pa- first panel is a full page panel. Um, Another piece of art that I, I enjoy and would, would like to have. You see Usagi bundled up, sacks bundled around his feet, uh, hat and uh, straw-like um, jacket almost around his uh, body, protecting him from the snowstorm that he's trudging through. He's walking towards you as you're looking at him in the picture. As he's walking, he encounters uh, several ninja who um, decide that he is uh, must be from the village that they were just at. Apparently, they just plundered by the looks of it. They're carrying, um, most of them are carrying several things, and there's another um, rabbit here that they have in tow that's not dressed as a ninja like they are with the full uh, face covered and everything like that. So they attack Usagi feeling that he's one of those from the village and uh, immediately he drops them when he does in in the short amount of confusion a rabbit runs towards him asking for help Usagi immediately sweeps the young rabbit behind them behind him and tells him to stay there and as he does he, he confronts the ninja but they all disappear in puffs of uh, puffs of smoke puffs of pepper smoke I guess as the smoke clears the villagers themselves catch up with the group indicating that the Mogura ninja are gone Uh, another villager says look there's Jotaro Uh, so we find out the name of the young rabbit that Usagi just saved and another villager said the food is safe so we find out what the Mogura ninja were carrying and then they finally settle on Usagi so here in one panel we find out who the bad guys were uh, basically what they were doing and who their captive was and also in the company of these villagers is a young female rabbit and she recognizes Usagi and calls his name and he replies to her with the name Mariko and then he slips into a memory during his early training as a samurai he is out sitting uh, with Mariko both of them are are quite a bit younger he's practicing his painting painting her Uh, well uh, let me rephrase that He's, he's painting and using her as a model it's not her precisely but that's where he's getting some of the uh Information from us as, 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 as she's his model, needless to say. And um, 
she kind of busts on him for always working and, and not playing, of course, uh, making so-and-so a dull boy, and she grabs up his brush and paints a mustache on him. And the mustache is kind of that very thin pencil mustache that the villains always wore in uh, early silent movies. So Usagi, uh, realizing the type of mustache and what she's done, turns on her and says, you know, now it's your turn. Let's see how you look with a mustache. And they're laughing and, and playing, and suddenly they realize that perhaps they shouldn't be. Scene shifts back to the present where Jotaro uh, exclaims mother and runs towards Mariko. Uh, is telling her and her husband, who also was in the village group, just a brief what happened that the samurai saved him. So they um, take Usagi back to their home, and everyone kind of uh, catches up. We have uh, Kenichi and Mariko, who are now married. Both of them are um, childhood friends of Usagi. Mariko, apparently, Usagi had a thing for it, looks like, at one point. They catch up. Um, Kenichi immediately asks Usagi why he's there. Usagi indicates that, well, you know, he's there to pay his respects to his father. And Mariko goes into a tale of what happened to Usagi's father, who had initially been the magistrate of this village, or not initially, but at some point in the past was the magistrate of the village when Usagi was growing up, when he left to pledge himself to Lord Mafuni, He left his father there. During that war, Lord Hikiji rode through the town and was collecting supplies for his army, told the magistrate Usagi's father that he needed provisions and that they you know were were to give it to him immediately Usagi's father being loyal to Lord Mafuni but also trying to look out for the village itself indicated that there weren't enough provisions to go around we need what we have for the village you know you need to go ahead and and rape another village for the things that you want uh, in anger, um, Hikiji struck down Usagi's father and took uh, everything that they wanted in order to establish some type of order. Hikiji appoints Kanichi as the new town magistrate. That way there is a single point of contact to get from the town what he wants them to do. And that, that became Kanichi. Kanichi immediately... Uh, stops the story explained or not explains but more exclaims that he did what he felt had to be done and asks Usagi why you know more precisely what are you there to do Usagi indicates he just wants to pay respects to the grave of his father and then he'll be off Kenichi tells him well since you saved Jotaro's life tonight against the Mogura you can stay, do what you need to do, and be gone uh, first thing in the morning. Mariko apologizes, um, gives a little, a little bit of um, 
background as far as why Kenichi's like this, about how things have been difficult for the village, and he's still trying to make the village or keep the village functional. Um, he stayed while you left, and Usagi agrees that yeah, he you know he can see he understands where might be a little bit of friction there in the, in the way that they see things he and um, Kenichi he then asks Maruko who the Mogura ninja are and she just poo-poos it and said it's, it's our problem we'll take care of it but then he says well you know he, he really wants to help uh, he was born in this village too and if there's something that can be done he wants to to help do it as well so she then tells him that it's a group of ninja that have been demanding food uh, supplies from the village and basically draining it uh, much in the way Lord Hakiji did in the example that got Usagi's father killed while she's telling the story we see several panels of one of the moles digging up underneath the house that they're in pushing up a floorboard so that it can hear and then going away and as they're talking there's sounds of a commotion and a, a scream, a high-pitched scream immediately Mariko recognizes it, recognizes it as Jitaro and Usagi immediately grabs his sword and runs in that direction followed by Mariko who is stopped by Kanichi as he comes from an adjoining section of the house asking what's going on Usagi enters the room initially by himself throwing the door open seeing that a guard that had been placed to watch over Jitaro is uh, critically injured and that a Mogura mole is holding Jitaro now hostage telling Usagi that this is what you get we told you not to interfere now this child will die and thus ends part one of Homecoming. Uh, there is a second part to the story. The uh, we we get a little bit more background this time on Usagi. Um, we see that he had a a love interest in Mariko. He had a rival in Kenichi, and his love interest has a child. So immediately, in my mind, what comes to mind is has Usagi been gone long enough that this is not his child is there the possibility that it is seeing as how he and Mariko were once romantically um, entangled and we see the uh, the competition between Usagi and Kenichi we kind of find out that there's quite a bit of resentment that probably Kenichi harbors in that he was not able to escape the responsibility of and of course because I'm recording I made air quotes so that you guys can't see that with responsibility but uh, Kenichi feels weighed down by that and feels that Usagi got away from it and then of course the introduction of another uh, group a rival clan that we've seen a couple other times throughout the story. Here's another one called the Mogura Ninja, and Mogura is Japanese for the word mole, which I think is a marvelous idea for ninja that they can crawl through the earth and tunnel and pop up, and they have 
if you've ever seen moles, they usually have pretty uh, vicious-looking claws, and, and these Mogura ninja have the claws, although it kind of looks like maybe it's something that they put on, like a, uh, a martial weapon or something of that nature. Maybe they're natural claws, but I thought that it was really well done and, and an excellent, excellent idea. In the story, Mr. Sakai thanks Dennis Fujitaki uh, for the idea of the Mogura Ninja. All right, that, um, no, I take that back. That doesn't finish it up. There's one more thing I wanted to add. We have a death head pop-up uh, in the initial confrontation between Usagi and the Mogura. Um, the ninja that he takes down who initially tried to attack him exhibits the death head. So that gives us four total now in the nine stories that we've read. Not sure that it's really catching on yet, but it is popping up periodically enough to, to be something to kind of watch, watch for. Okay, now I want to get to our piece of feedback that we have for this episode. Um, this came in from Ray. Uh, it was a comment on the reader feed. Ray said, I would just like to say a great big thank you for this excellent podcast series. I'd never heard of Usagi Ojimbo until I came across your show, and I have now listened to them all and am scouring the Internet for copies of the books and comics. I can see your podcast costing me a fortune in comic books, but hey, what is money for? Thanks again, and keep them coming. Ray from sunny Scotland. Thanks a lot, Ray. Appreciate that cool to hear that people in other countries are uh, listening to the podcast and are commenting. That's that's kind of cool. So uh, on the way out, want to thank Ray uh, for the feedback there. Appreciate it, sir. I want to thank Mr. Coward, Derek Coward, the uh, overseer of the Deliberate Noise Network, of which the reader feed is a part of a network called Comic Book Noise that is under the Deliberate Noise banner. Appreciate all the behind-the-scenes uh, technical work that Derek does, and, and keeping me posted on things. Do want to uh, quickly say that I hope everyone here on the East Coast is okay. About um, three, right about three hours ago, apparently we had an earthquake here. It was fairly substantial, but not anything I think that is going to prove to be overly uh, damaging maybe in some areas uh, particularly closer to the epicenter it was located, it was centered about four, probably four, four and a half hours from where I am uh, but it was felt um, all up and down the east coast it was in Virginia but it was felt as far away as Jersey down into the Carolinas of course here in West Virginia so hopefully everyone that is listening to this uh, is unaffected by that and I believe that's um, that's pretty much all I have for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you do download from iTunes, uh, take a second and leave a iTunes review. Help other people find this podcast. Hopefully you, you think it's worth uh, other people finding um, and uh, help them find it and, and get into the history of Usagi just like the rest of us have been doing. Thanks a lot, guys, and we'll talk to you again next time. This is a Teal Production.